Alert Medic 1 respond. Box area 19 dead. You're listening to the Alert Medic One podcast, the premier emergency medical services podcast with your hosts, Mustafa Sadiq and Ken Sanner. Hello and uh, welcome back to the Alert Medic One podcast. Uh, my name is Mustafa Sadiq. Uh, Ken's not able to join me today. I'm continuing my series with... Uh, JR and Jeff, as we uh, continue our conversation from last week from uh, Emmitsburg, Maryland. Uh, if you didn't listen, go listen to that episode first. But uh, just a quick recap, we're here in Emmitsburg, Maryland as part of the Emergency Management uh, Institute's uh, Basic Academy. Uh, and we're continuing our discussion about, uh, you know, the the human factor in EMS, right? And difficulties we have with, um, you know, some of the system, some of the, you know, the patient, uh, relationships that we you know build and how to uh you know mitigate some of the issues that uh we have so you know jr uh works a lot with uh, a lot of native american tribes uh jeff is from missouri city of riverside yeah and uh uh so jeff uh you were talking i mean we can uh, we can maybe start with the education piece i think that um i think that would be good uh, you you mentioned you know before we started recording that um, a lot of times the, you know, getting the resources, getting everything, uh, you know, the things that our patients need to thrive, uh, what JR was talking about has to deal with education. And I like that topic. So do you want to, can you expand on that? Yeah. So, you know, when we start to look at um, our problem populations and, and what we're looking at is, is I, I feel that we do a disservice, not just to our providers, but also the community and the amount of education that we're really putting out. And I understand that hospitals are really starting to look at readmission issues and stuff like that because of insurance um, pay, payments from Medicare, Medicaid. And, and I know that they're really starting to try to hit a lot of those uh, problematic patient groups, the COPD, the emphysemas, the, you know, the ARDS and so on and so forth, and try to increase the education as well as the diabetics. I, I can't forget the diabetics because those are such huge population groups. But, you know, the other things that I see that we are missing um, the mark on is, is as EMS providers um, from all points is, is that, you know, when we're going into these, uh, into these patients' homes or their areas, and we have the opportunity to provide base education um, with the comfort and finesse and by actually showing some compassion that I, I feel that we could probably change a lot of people's life just by them understanding that we care and that we're there to help and uh, that help is comes with education is is hey this is what we need to do to help get you the help you need and that education might not be the provider saying you know i need you to do this this and this to make this change this education might be hey we have these services available that you might not know about what would you think about us helping you getting in contact with a social service provider um or you know a secondary service provider there are there are many uh faith-based groups um hospital-based groups that now have meetings on how to help take care of each other and they actually provide mentors and different 
different venues to visit to help talk about the problems that they're dealing with, um, to help talk about some of the questions uh, they have with their medications and stuff that are not being covered by a continually uh, a continually bombarded uh, service which comes in the ERs because we have a lot of patients now that are using ERs as their primary care providers. And uh, my wife is a nurse practitioner and she continues to see this over and over and over again. She sees the same patients and when she talks to those patients, they're like, well, I can't get in to see my doctor. I only get to see the nurse practitioner. Well, these are still medical care providers and they can provide those services. And I think that these EMS providers, we really need to start to focus on, hey, listen, these are professionals and these are programs that we can get you help in. And I really look forward to hearing both of your sides on this and, and what you think that we can do better about helping educate that growing patient population that feels that we are the answer. You know, calling 911 is the answer to their medical problems. And it's just not, it's not in any way, shape or form ever going to be the, the answer to those patients' medical problems. I, I think you're absolutely right. It, it is also what we provide is part of the solution, but it is not the answer because usually the uh, population that are suffering from all these different uh, ailments um, aren't aware of what is available to them. But let me step back a bit before we get to that point of educating. And in order to do that for a tribal community, um, you, you're going to be faced with challenges, which might be, I don't want a non-tribal member talking to me or treating me. So you have to really build those relationships so that you can have that conversation with them after a few times and you're seeing that this is not getting better and it's getting worse. And it goes right back to the customer service. How are you treating these individuals? Because the, 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 uh, the tribal nations are a very proud people. And, you know, they want to be respected. And if you don't show up with respect, you're going to hit the brick wall because they're tough. And they don't need what you got. But... If you do build a relationship with your customers in, your, in the community you're serving, then you're going to have the, the, the positive uh, outcome when you start educating them on what is available to them because some of them may not know. So I definitely agree. Like Education is key, right? But I want to I get back to what you said about um, – you know, you have to, you know, they're, they're apprehensive, you know, and by they, I think that what you said about the, tri you know, the tribal leaders, I think that can be superimposed on many different, you know, cultural groups, uh, socioeconomic groups. But what's the first step to getting, you know, building that bridge, right? Because you said you have to get buy-in from them, right? You have to earn their respect. But what's the first step of earning their respect? Well, I would say that um, listening and not just talking, okay? The, you have to show them the respect by listening, not interrupting them. But I think that's more on the emergency management side at that level. You don't just get to walk up and talk to a tribal elder or, or any of the council or anything um, just to do it. You're interacting at your level. So I think what, what you need to do as a EMS provider is 
work with the people, work at that level, and then eventually you'll build yourself up. Okay, so really, um, I'll give you another example when you're talking about tribal elders. Um, let's say uh, I had this conversation with uh, uh, a friend of mine who is tribal working for an organization that is not tribal. And they're trying to bring in services, and she's a very genuine person. So she has the tribe's best interest because their infrastructure may not because uh, all, all tribes aren't the same, sir. Their infrastructure might not be able to support what they need, and they can provide that service. That being said, though, when you send people that have no concept of uh, the, the, the Native American culture and specific to the, the demographic of where you're showing up, um, you're going to fail horribly because... You know, a lot of people that don't live or have not worked for a reservation don't understand the respect part. The, you know, you wait till they're done speaking, okay? And you, you speak to them with respect. They're not, you know, a politician outside here. Um, they're actually someone that everyone will respect within their community. And, and you, you have to really listen. You have to listen and go break bread with them. You know, you don't just show up and say, here, I want to show you this. You go and you meet them and, and, and you meet people that may know someone uh, that has that uh, relationship already built. And if you built the relationship with someone like, for example, here, well, that person will help bring you into that uh, demographic and then you can build from there. But you got to be ready to go knock on doors. You got to be ready to, you know, you got to sit down. You got to be down to earth because, you know, um, that approach has has been done for a long time and it has failed horribly. You know, and what an epic concept you have uh, right there, Jr. I mean, you know, the building of relationship and getting back to that building of trust between not just uh, the providers, but the community base as a, as a, as a total. Um, you know, we're talking about not just us, but we're talking about uh, our leaders um, from both um, a provider standpoint and a community standpoint and getting back to the base of taking care of those that look to us for care and, um, and to build trust, to break bread, um, and to be respected and give respect in those circles is just a novel concept that I think we've really lost. And by doing that and building that trust in our communities by emergency management, I love how you brought the emergency management point in there. And, you know, when was the last time that you saw any type of program called Faces of Us? When was the last time that you saw your communities truly going out there and selling themselves as trustworthy providers? You know, and I think that we've totally lost um, that concept. 
for about the last 50 years. You know, I mean, nobody works in the same town that they live in anymore. Mm -hmm. And so the, a lot of those mm -hmm. that you were talking about are coming into these communities and don't have any true community mm -hmm. buy-in. Right. And how can you serve a community that you don't have true community buy-in? I'm not saying it's not possible. I know there are tons of providers out there that would love to live in the communities that they work in, but they can't afford it because we still miss the mark on the pay stuff. But that's another conversation for another time. But I feel that even getting your crews out in the community um, to events, to build trust, to build that relationship with those, serve, you know, by uh, showing up at the senior breakfast and showing up at uh, community events and stuff like that and eating in the community that they're working in. You know, we have a lot of departments and a lot of organizations out there that still do not allow their crews to go out and eat dinner in restaurants mm -hmm. and to eat in the communities that they are, that they're in. And I feel that that is a huge, huge place that we could actually instill a little bit of trust and respect in our, in, in our jobs by just interacting more with the customer and building those relationships. So I, uh, and I, I love this conversation because it, it really puts the bill on us as leaders, right? Um, and the it, it's not easy, right? Because oftentimes these populations can be so hard to, you know, uh, even bring to the table. Um, and the insight that you guys are bringing, bringing is fantastic, especially, you know, from the tribal background and Jeff, from your, you know, from your leadership background. So... The, you know, we, we, in our previous episode, we talked about, you know, treating the troops or, you know, or training the troops, uh, excuse me. Um, and then, you know, we transitioned the uh, conversation to, you know, get bringing the advocacy to them. I think what we're talking about, and I, you mentioned it last episode as well, the, the idea of community paramedicine. And a lot of times we get caught up in the metrics of, oh, it's going to decrease, uh, you know, ER uh, numbers and stuff like that. But what we really don't talk about, or at least I, I haven't heard is we're bringing that human experience that, you know, to them, right. That, that medical experience of right. someone is valuing me to the point where they care about my, my, my medical, uh, you know, my, my health. Um, and I think that's a great strategy to, to get that buy-in, right. To get that buying that, 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 that mutual trust, um, from, as you mentioned, Jeff, uh, individuals who may not have a lot of, um, what's the word, a lot of skin in the game when it comes mm -hmm. to the community that they right. Uh, right. serve. So I, I started as a volunteer in a community that I, you know, I knew nothing about, right? right. So I, um, I started because of the, I went to the university in that first year. That's where I started as an EMT. And only recently did I join as a volunteer at the uh, volunteer fire department where I grew up at. And it's a totally different game, mm -hmm. right? It's a totally good right. different game. Right. And, uh, but that doesn't, you know, I, I serve the, the patients the same way. Um, but it's totally different when the people that you're going to, you, you understand where they're coming from, mm -hmm. right? So I think it's a keen balance of understanding your patient demographic and their life experience, their human experience. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, having the empathy to... Um, actually bridge the gap. Right. I, right? Th I think you have to, as an individual uh, in this profession, check your moral compass because it, regardless of whether you live in the community or not, you should 
treat your patients as if you do. And remember to treat the patients like they're your own grandmother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that right there really sets the tone for the expectations of the staff that is providing that service. And if you lead by example and correct, um, you're going to have a, a better relationship with the community because you're building the trust and you're building the respect. And now the doors are open and now I will listen to what you have to say because I know you're really here to help me. And that's just, I mean, that's profound in today's society. It really is, is that um, to sit there and say, you know, these morals and ethics that we continue to have a discussion about today, where did we lose them? And uh, how did we lose them in our leadership? And, you know, where did we go wrong in instilling these in our employees? And, uh, and, and then giving back to the community that way. I mean, that, that, that's asking a lot for a person is, is to change their morals and ethics to meet your standards. And I think that that goes to the point is, is that where are your, where are your mission statements? Where are your vision statements? Where are the leaderships in showing that they are pushing that as well as living that, as well as making sure that they are expressing that to those around them. And, you know, when those leaders get out into the field and are showing their subordinates or those that are those crews that, you know, we, these are the real morals and values that we are going to push forward. And I'm going to show you that I can do them and I expect you to follow. But once again, that comes with that follow me leadership style that um, I, in some places just doesn't exist. Um, and, you know, we were talking just a second ago about uh about the community paramedics and, you know, and the change in psychology from being uh, emergency medical responders or 911 responders to going to that more overview care system. Um, that is, is a great design. It's been, it's worked, it's worked for a long time in Europe. You know, I mean, you were talking about the game. We're behind the game. Mm -hmm. You know, places like the Netherlands and Sweden, Switzerland, uh, you know, they have a nurse practitioner, what the equivalent of a nurse practitioner or a doctor that is actually in a roving unit that goes and sees these um, types of patients that might call because they're running out of medications and, you know, but I think that that is a broad spectrum, and there, there's a lot of discussion that we could have with that. But I think it all comes back to that relationship of the leader showing those in their organization that this is how we're going to act. This is how we're going to sell our business. Because once again, I'm going to say is that we do run a business, and our product is customer service. And I think that a lot of places have forgotten about that. I think it's also important that the accountability is from the top up in that it's the responsibility of our uh, chiefs and deputy chiefs to not only promote the fire department with what they're doing well, but also to ensure that they're building those relationships with the people that are above them all the way up to the tribal elders showing up is very important and and when you have that 
you have success within your department, you create a culture that that is absolutely what they're going to provide and and they're going to make sure that that happens. So guys, I think this was a a great discussion on uh, you know, so many various topics and you know related to, you know, difficult populations. Uh, you guys have any, you know, any any last comments that you guys can well, you know, I, I feel that this is probably, for some, is probably not going to be uh, well-recepted, is, is that, you know, we have a issue with the leadership um, promoting the values, ethics, and morals um, that the organization needs to be showing all the time. And I feel that, you know, by bringing those community leaders to the table, um, and much like JR has been talking about with the tribal leaders and breaking bread with them and starting a dialogue about how we can better serve our communities, that we fix a lot of these issues. And I think that they're fixable. I think that it just takes time, dedication, and pounding your head against a lot of walls for a while. And I think to break those walls down, is uh, the most important thing as we can do as EMS leaders in today's society. And I think once we get to that point, you know, that we can call people by first names and have those relationships and build that system of trust that we will find the other walls fall very easily. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. Um, Mustafa, I I just want to say thank you for having me uh, sit in on this uh podcast that you have uh going here and i think it's a great thing um i think that we can solve these problems um if we create the culture that needs to be created in order to do the service that we were hired for um we all said that in our interview that we were going to be willing to do everything they asked us and when you're talking with the, the the persons above you that are the decision makers you, you probably should do a little less li- talking and a lot more listening uh, so that you can be effective um, when you're going to provide the service because you understand what they want, what they are expecting of you, and why they hired you. Very good, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, so as always, folks, uh, please give a, a visit to our website, alertmedic1.com. Uh, give us all the feedback that you can. Uh, you know, we're really trying to improve, you know, the product that we're giving out. Not only are we trying to really dive into, like, you know, the, the clinical aspect of things, you know, with, you know, physiology, patho, all that stuff. But I really want to have conversations like this with leaders from around the country and around the world because so much of our job isn't the medicine, right? So much of the job is the human experience, everything else. And it's important to have these uh, conversations with leaders from, uh, you know, around the country and around the world. Um, Please follow us on, uh, you know, whichever podcast uh, program you use. You know, we're on Spotify, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, Give us a rating. Follow us on Facebook, uh, Alert Medic One. Uh, Give us, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, Alert underscore Medic One. Um, and please give that feedback. This is a, you know, I always say this at the end because uh, I, you know, I truly mean it. Uh, we here at, at Alert Medic One are doing this for the EMS community, and we, we want to do the best we can to improve our practice and elevate uh, the profession of all, uh, you know, EMS clinicians. Thank you very much for listening in. Uh, that's all for now. You've been listening to the Alert Medic One podcast, the premier emergency medical services podcast with your hosts, Mustafa Sadiq and Ken Sanner.